1: for your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We are going to get to the latest Aaron Rodgers drama. I absolutely promise you we will get to that. But the actual uh, pick that the Packers made, I think should take center stage for now because it is the most actionable thing that we have to actually discuss because Aaron Rodgers is still the, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers until further notice. Okay, and I, I've I've heard a lot of things. I've talked to a lot of people, and I've been trying to figure this out. I've been I've been trying to tap every source that I have, ask every person who might know a thing to try and figure this all out. And, and we're going to try and figure this out coming up here in a little bit. But let's start with Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes is the newest member of the Green Bay Packers. Cornerback from Georgia, he can absolutely fly four twos at the 40. 42s. The guy is an incredible athlete, over one played in that 185-190, maybe 195 range. He is he's a, a, an incredible size speed guy, over 93 relative athletic score, and the ball finds him. He is someone who I, I think he can he can make plays on the ball. He can turn the ball over. Last year we saw that, and when he gets the ball, he can do things with it because of that athleticism. Had two pick sixes last season. Now, is he a perfect prospect? No, no, and and no player that you're going to get at the end of the first round is going to be a perfect prospect. I had a high second grade on him. So, in terms of value, you know, it's right in the range. There were guys on the board that, that I would have liked more. If you're not going to take a receiver, right? If you're not going to take the guy that presumably Aaron Rodgers wants you to take, he, I'm sure he wants a receiver. But if you're not going to do that, then you could have taken Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa. You could have taken Tevin Jenkins. You could have taken Trey Merrick. Now, I just want everyone to take a a deep breath for a second. If you go back to a week, a day after the NFC Championship game, remembering what happened with Shannon Sullivan and Kevin King and their inability to make plays on the ball. And I told you then that Green Bay used their first-round pick on a corner who ran in the 4-2s, who played in the SEC, who had over 1,000 cover snaps. He is someone who is extremely experienced playing against the best players in college football. He faced off against Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, all these guys, Henry Ruggs. He faced them. He faced them. So he is not going to come to the NFL and go, This is weird. I don't know what this is about i don't know what these athletes are about no no he understands the deal here now there are some limitations he's not a great tackler right that's not ideal but from a movement skill standpoint from an athleticism standpoint he is everything you want in a corner size speed movement skills a little stiff hipped um, but he's going to play a lot of zone coverage so if you're if you're asking him to read the quarterback to react to click and close, he's got that explosiveness. I mean, jumped I think 43 inches or something crazy at his pro day. He is an explosive, dynamic corner athlete. Now, is it going to take some some development? Sure, every corner is going to take some development. Rookie corners almost always bad. Remember, almost always bad. So Greg Newsom goes. You know, two picks before Green Bay. I would have liked Greg Newsome more, but he's off the board. Rashad Bateman goes one pick ahead of Green Bay. Well, he goes at 27 Green Bay picks at 29, one one pick in the middle. Um, I think they would have loved Rashad Bateman. I think that would have been the pick at 29. The Ravens take him instead. And apparently they were very into Elijah Moore. Um, They decided to take the cornerback instead. Was that a positional value thing? Was it a, hey, we like the guys on day two. They could move up to get one of the Moores in the second round. You know, maybe Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore falls. Maybe if you can get into the 50s and use one of those fourth round picks to move up from 62 to 52 and still take Rondell Moore. I, I think that's in play. We we remember last year, Brian Gudikins after they took Jordan Love, said... To Peter King, we had some guys in the second round, at the top of the second round, that we wanted to go up and get. And they just were not able to do that. Now, we know Brian Gutekinst is willing to move up for his guy. And he's done it in the past. So, I, 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 I understand the frustration of like, okay, Greg Newsom goes at 26, they picked at 29. Well, the, the Browns probably really wanted to pick... Greg Newsom, he's a good player. And the the Ravens presumably really wanted to take Rashad Bateman. He's a really good player. So, you know, maybe the, the Jaguars really wanted to take Travis Etienne. It takes teams that want to move down in order to move up. And it takes teams who want to move up if you want to move down. I, I I can't I can't say for sure. I'm sure Brian Gutikins, who is about to speak, will have some answers when it, when it comes to that. And and that is something that will certainly fold into the show as we move forward here and trying to figure out what's going on for Green Bay. This makes them better. Um, uh, is he a better prospect than Josh Jackson was? No. But Josh Jackson is no longer a prospect. We have NFL tape on him, and he it looks like is not going to live up to. I mean, I had him as a top 20 pick. He's, he's probably not going to be that guy at this point, right? And we know Shannon Sullivan. Uh, we, we don't know that he's ever going to be an elite player. Stokes, with his size, with his speed, with his athletic traits, he has a chance to be a really good player. Does he have the mentality? That was something that I, that I wanted to see a little bit more of. I want to see dogs at corner. I don't know that he's a dog. But as cornerback two on this team... I think he can be a, a, certainly an upgrade over Kevin King. Um, Mark Eckel, who, who is my colleague over at Packer Report, he said the the scouts that he talked to, the NFL guys that he talked to, had Stokes cornerback five, and and potentially four if the medicals on Farley did not pan out. So that's that's pretty high praise. Okay, so. You, you you sign King as insurance because you don't know if you're going to get a corner. That doesn't mean he's the starter. New coaching staff. We, he is he is the insurance policy for if they can't find that guy. There are still other guys that they could they could go get. They could there are nickel corners in the draft. They could go get safeties. They could go get. There are still ways to improve this passing defense. So. If we, if we ignore for the moment the Aaron Rodgers part of this, and I know that's that's basically impossible to do, right? But if we just take that and set it aside, Green Bay got uh, the Packers hit list that I put together that we talked a bunch over the course of this week. He was the best corner left. So a lot of fans kill them for not drafting for need. Well, guess what? This is a need pick. He was not the best player left. Not on my board, not on the consensus board. Maybe on Green Bay's board, that is how they roll. But I think they reached a little bit because they felt like they really needed to get a corner. Their their situation there is, especially beyond this season, dire. I wouldn't be surprised if they took another one on day two, on day three. So, I mean, you look at this team. They were the number one offense in the league last year. The number one offense in the league with the best receiver in the league and one of the best running backs in the league who they just paid, they're going to re-up with Devontae Adams. So I understand that you have a defense that has some deficiencies. That is where they decided to allocate their resources. Today's episode is brought to you by BlueNile.com and their new 1010 capsule collection. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today ring sure to bring joy into that special person's life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement mother's day or simply a beautiful conversation piece they're available now through mother's day only on blue nile.com just search for the words 10 by 10 if you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring that that special person will treasure forever you're going to want to check this out they won't be around for long so, find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at Bluenile.com.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: (sighs) Let's deal with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. So... Let me rewind before the report. Early in the week, what I had heard was that the Green Bay Packers wanted to take Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore in the first because they wanted to make Aaron Rodgers happy. And that struck me as weird. Weird. They are not generally in the market to make Aaron Rodgers happy or any player happy. It's not a unique to Aaron Rodgers. They follow their board. And so when I heard that, I sort of just went, no, that's just not a thing. That's not how this team operates. And then I heard today from Adam Schefter drops the bombshell, the Shefty bomb, that Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with the team right now. That he is considering and has told people with the team, presumably upper management that he does not wanna come back. Now, the reason this is a little weird is because Adam Schefter also said that he has not demanded a trade. So, is he gonna retire? What is, what is the object of his desire? According to multiple reports before this, we had heard the Packers went to Rogers and said, we wanna do a restructure. No, they don't need to get his permission, but guess what? If you go to him and he wants an extension and you do the restructure, it might piss him off. Now, the irony is they ended up pissing him off anyway. And that started with the Jordan Love pick. But so now we fast forward. He says, I want an extension, not a restructure. And the Packers say, we don't know. Right. But they, they don't have an extension. We know that. Now, Brian Gudikins has said they're working on one. Ian Rappaport has said they're working on one. Tom Pellicero has said they're working on one. It's notable that Tom Pellicero and, and Adam Rappaport are, are taking a remarkably less adversarial tone than, um, that's not a word, less adversarial tone than Adam Schefter. Uh, but Adam Schefter does not work for the league. The other two guys do, or at least league-affiliated media. Uh, do I think that, that that is making a huge difference? It's hard to know. It's hard to know. It certainly would be easy for the team to say we're working on contracts, we're trying to figure this out and Rodgers is pissed. That's we know for sure Rodgers is pissed. Now about what? This is where I struggle. Because he the, the Packers take Jordan Love and he's obviously not stoked about it. No pun intended. And then they go out and they have this fantastic season. They have this awesome year. He wins the league MVP. Um, They have the best offense in the league and they go to the NFC championship game and they almost win it. Now, I get it. Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl. I think that is certainly playing a factor here. He saw the, the Buccaneers bend over backwards for everything Tom Brady wanted. He wanted Gronk. They got Gronk. He wanted Antonio Brown. They didn't, but they got it for him. And I, I I don't buy that they, they did anything in the draft for Tom Brady. They had a gaping hole at tackle and they took Tristan Wirfs in the top 15. They had a huge hole in the secondary and they took Anton Winfield. And it turned out those two guys were good. If they take Andrew Thomas and, I don't know, pick another defensive back and those guys aren't very good, the Buccaneers don't win the Super Bowl. They needed those guys because they had big holes at those positions. Green Bay didn't. And you could say they had a big hole at receiver, except that they went out to be the best offense in the league. So how big could that hole really have been? If they really needed that thing, then why were they so good? And the answer, by the way, is not just Rodgers. Because Devontae Adams was Awesome. Marquez was finally getting consistent targets and Rodgers was putting the ball where it needed to be in ways in 2020 that he wasn't in 2019. Rodgers was different. That's a big part of this, but the offense was also different. Matt LaFleur took a step forward as a play caller and as a play designer. If you listened to the show during the season, if you were with us then, you know that is a big part of the evolution here. The Buccaneers had a stacked offense when Tom Brady showed up. So this idea that they put all these pieces around him—they could have won the Super Bowl without Gronk, with just Cam Brady. They could have won the Super Bowl without Antonio Brown, with just Scotty Miller. It, it, it is a narrative thing, but narratives matter. It, it clearly matters to Aaron Rodgers. What I don't understand is what he wants, because if he hasn't asked for a trade, and he wants, as Mike Silver has reported, a new contract, well. Multiple reports say the Packers have offered him a new contract. And he's just said, no. So, is this a a situation where cooler heads are ultimately going to prevail? Remember, we're not that many weeks. We're not that many weeks removed from Russell Wilson putting names out there of teams where he wants to go. We're not that many weeks removed from that. And guess what? A couple of weeks later, everything was fine. They were able to smooth that over. I understand about 630 Eastern, seven o'clock Eastern. This was a nightmare because we're hearing, oh, it's close with Denver and they think they have a deal. That was never true. They were never close. And all the reporting from, you know, the, the most respected people in Denver and nationally say never true. John Lynch said, on the record, we called and they told us to piss off. It was a short conversation. All the reporting is Green Bay is not and will not trade Aaron Rodgers. Chris had said Green Bay is coming around to the idea that they might have to. But they have no intention to. And as early as, as just a few hours ago, the, the, Ian report was saying it's 0%. 0% that they trade Rodgers. So... What I don't understand, what I don't understand is what Rogers wants. And Adam Schefter said on NFL Live, he doesn't know either. He doesn't know either. Um, and 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 the Packers don't know either. They don't know what Rogers wants. And to me, that suggests that what he wants is for his voice to be heard. And for the the Packers to say okay Aaron let's put together this contract let's let's give you the extension that you want and if you want to be in the loop on player personnel and you know we'll send you a text you want a, a conversation about stuff that's fine that's fine what, what what is unclear is what does he want that he's not getting. We don't know. I'm not saying that that you know he he is being um, you know um, you know asking for too much here. What I don't understand is exactly what he's asking for. He has a receiver. His name is Devontae Adams, and he's the best receiver in the football in, in football. So this was a great offense. I don't understand what he wants. Now, that, again, is not a knock on him. I'm not in the room for those discussions. I don't know what it's like. He wants respect. I don't know how to show him respect. I don't know how the Packers can do that. I don't know what they can give him to say, we respect you. The coach is apparently not to blame. Um, It is, according to Mike Silver, more about the GM. More about that Rodgers does not feel that the GM trusts him, and presumably that goes back to the Jordan Love pick. And this is not new territory. The Seattle Seahawks dealt with this with Russell Wilson to the point where they felt like they had to at least explore trade offers. Remember, they did. There were reports. They explored trading him. They saw what the market was, and they just said not, nah, and they figured it out. They figured it out. Remember that like five minutes band where Russell Wilson was a bear. They thought they were close. Didn't happen. So again, I don't know what they can do to get Rogers back on track here because we don't know what he wants other than respect. And that's, you know, one of those esoteric ideas. How do you know when you have respect? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this this is a, a player who already got a monster contract. So is he underpaid now? I don't know. I think I think he still has a top five contract at the position. So th- th- it's all very strange right now. I am I am inclined to believe that this gets resolved in I wouldn't say an amicable way, but it gets resolved with him being the quarterback on the team. Um, I, I think clearly he is agitating for some more security. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Are they, are they going to be willing to trade Jordan love to appease Aaron Rodgers? Is that what he wants? Uh, you know, how much better if, if the, let's say the, the Broncos trade happens and they had given up nine 40 or, or whatever the Broncos second round pick is next year's one, uh, the, the year after that's one, uh, and Jerry Judy. What are the Broncos, then? What are the Broncos? I mean, they have some nice pieces defensively, uh, and they they have Cortland Sutton and a, and a banged-up offensive line. And they have to beat Patrick Mahomes twice in their own division. They have to beat a really good Chargers team twice in their own division. The Raiders, I mean, who knows? But my, my point in all this is to say, is he really thinking he's going to parachute into a better situation? I don't see it. I don't see it. I think he's smart enough to know. I think he's smart enough to know that this gets leaked today to do mass uh, maximum PR damage on Green Bay, but that Green Bay is not going to trade him. They were never going to. They were never going to move him today. And if if he really wanted to be traded. That's something that you make clear to the team in March. And you, you have time to then go scout the top of the draft to figure out, okay, if there's an elite player in this draft, which one do you want to go get? Uh, and and just from a process standpoint, this decision was never going to be made in six hours. When we get the news mid-afternoon, you know, like one central time, Green Bay is going to make a decision by seven o'clock. I mean, the Broncos picked by 830. The, the, the entire franchise was not going to turn on a whim in a matter of just a few hours. That was just never going to happen. So where does it go from here? That's a great question. That is a great question. I don't know, but I know Rodgers is still in a position where he can say, this gets if this gets smoothed over, they're able to put the water under the bridge and flowing. He can say, his teammates are going to understand. His teammates are going to understand. Trust me. His teammates are going to understand. But he, from a media standpoint, can can go on Pat McAfee's show and say, look, this was a this was a created story, uh, in normal uh team player back and forth. It was negotiations. And yeah, I was I was frustrated with how it was going. But it never got to that point. And in a year, the Packers can trade him and everyone's fine. Right? Uh, the The cap hit from a financial situation is just not going to work out. They're not going to trade him. They could trade him after June 1st, but why? Why? If you're not going to trade him now to get the draft picks, then why trade him? I think they're going to play uh, hardball with Rodgers. And I don't think Rodgers is going to be willing to sit. I don't think he's going to be willing to risk um, it, 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 the, the PR hit on that. I think he does care about his legacy in Green Bay. I think he cares about what the fans think of him and, and his being beloved in Green Bay. And so uh, he, I think he wants this to be worked out. I think the Packers want this to be worked out. The question is finding that common ground. Finding that common ground. So is he going to go to go to jeopardy? I don't. I don't think so. I don't see it. Uh, So he he retires. He sits out a year. The Packers still have his rights in a year. I mean, the, the the Patriots had to trade Rob Gronkowski to the Bucks, even though he sat out a year because he was under contract when he retired. Aaron Rodgers is under contract. So Green Bay will have to if he wants to play somewhere else. Green Bay will have to agree to trade him at some point. At some point. And I just, at least for now, I don't see it because Green Bay has the leverage. He's under contract. And why? Why move him? Why move him? It doesn't make any sense. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You know the one. The people that make the best tasting protein bar ever. The people that make the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar Man, they keep coming out with new flavors, and I can't tell you how often I reach for one of these things. Breakfast occasionally, we all like chocolate for breakfast. Don't lie, don't play, you know you like chocolate for breakfast. And the great thing about a built Bar is even if you have the chocolate for breakfast, it's low calorie, it's low sugar. It's high protein, it's high fiber. So it's actually putting something into your body that you can use for fuel that isn't just going to turn into goop. It's not gonna glom up your whole system here. That is the great thing about a built bar. And yet, they taste delicious. I don't understand how they do it, but they do it. And right now, when you use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. LOCKED15 gets you 15% off the best tasting protein bars ever. What are you waiting for? Go now. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is
2: about to get 20% better.
1: Quickly, as we look here, let me pull up the list of the rest of the guys that are still on the board. There are still some really good players on the board here. And I think Green Bay has to feel pretty good about where they are for day two. So I don't know why Jeremiah owusu fell. I don't know why Trey Merrick fell. I don't know why Tevin Jenkins fell, Christian Barmore, But then you still have Terrace Marshall Jr., you still have Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, um, offensive lineman Creed Humphrey, Samuel Cosme, um, Dylan Raidens, Liam Eikenberg, uh, the, the Richie Grant, the defensive back Ifatu Melifano. You know I love him. Asante Samuel Jr., Diami Brown. There's still a lot of good players here in round two, and and even further down in the draft, round three. I mean, we know that this is this is still a draft that that sets up well for Green Bay. They got their corner. They got their corner. And, and so now what? Now what? They did the thing in the first round that they had to do, and that is fill the biggest weakness on this team. So now where do you go? How do you make this team better to go compete for a Super Bowl? That's the question that they have to answer, and it's one that we will talk about coming up. Uh, on our live stream tomorrow. So another one of these live streams. Hopefully we have better news to report. Um, and the Packers take some players that you guys are really excited about. I, I think I think you guys are going to like Stokes, by the way. Really good kid. Um, and, and just athleticism that is going to make you in the preseason just go, whoa. Because he can flat out fly. Might be the only guy um, on the team who could run step for step with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So just going to be something fun to watch in camp. And iron sharpens iron. Jair Alexander credits Devontae Adams a lot with being able to go up against him every day in practice. Kevin King um, does the same, and Devontae Adams does it with King. So um, it's it, it's helpful to be able to, to have those battles in camp as well. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, surprise, more of you did not sound off on the Rogers stuff, did not sound off on the Stokes stuff, but you can hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.